Good morning. If you have not been to Abundant Life before, um, you need to know that by now it is like customary or mandatory, okay? It might even be in our bylaws, I don't know, that I have to make this announcement that I am not the pastor, all right? The pastor is sitting right here in front of us. If you guys um, really want to hear some solid gospel truth, you need to come um, when Shane, Shane is doing work from the pulpit, um, Shane, we are so thankful for you and what you do for Abundant Life, and uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity here. So, <clears throat> uh, Today's message, i got to be honest, is one that I've been writing in my head for quite some time now. Um, and when Pastor Shane reached out and said, hey, I'm going to be on vacation, and this was before COVID and all that stuff, can you preach for me? Um, I said, yeah, absolutely. So I knew that this was what I wanted to talk about. However, I inadvertently wrote a Father's Day message. I didn't know it, but it's, it's, it's suitable since last Sunday was Father's Day, all right? And so for the sake of time, um, and really this is for the other service because I was like down to 20 minutes, and I think I did in 21. That's okay. But for the sake of time, I'm going to spare some of the introduction piece uh, about how I arrived to this, uh, to this passage here, or this message, and um, I'm just going to dive right in and, and get into it, all right? Before I do, I want to pray, I want to ask God to come in, and then we're going to jump right into Scripture, so if you please bow your heads. Father God, um, you are so great, and you are such a wonderful God. Thank you for being the provider of all things. Father, I place this message in your hands. I ask that you use me as you see fit. Allow my words to pierce through the hearts of everyone listening here online. Um, Allow me to proclaim your love today. And all that's said and done during this time, may you be glorified. It's in your name I pray, amen. We are going to jump into Revelation. I know that's like a scary word or a scary sentence, all right? We're going to jump into Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through 7. I think it's on the, um, the projector here. So now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with them, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've read that passage or I've heard that passage of Scripture, and something different has stood out to me every time. Even just reading it this week and just diving in and thinking about where our country is at, those pieces, those seven short verses can speak volumes, right? And I also can't tell you how many times I've read that and I've blindly read over a lot of that message, just looking for something else. 
And so in different seasons of our life, God will use his word to speak to us in various ways. And I think many of us have experienced that firsthand, right? If you want to challenge yourself, pick a a passage of scripture and for the next 30 days, read it and see what God is saying to you over the next 30 days and how many different ways he will speak that word to you or the different message that he will give you. Over the last couple of months, and honestly, probably a year, maybe longer, um, I've been working on ways to connect with God, uh, the Father, in a more consistent and meaningful way. I always feel like when I'm up here, I'm I'm giving like a yearly or an annual report on my life and what God's doing. Um, So here it is, right? And so I've been working on ways to connect with God, the Father, more consistent consistent and in a meaningful way. And that comes from my um, individual discipleship plan that we worked on with our life group, all right? That was just something that I knew I needed, okay? So to do this, I knew that I not only had to focus on God's word and how it relates to my life, but I also had to focus on God's character as it's described in his word and how I'm conforming to that character. And that's the process. That's the hard part. I can't tell you, um, and I have past students that I just walked in, so I have past students in here that can probably tell you a lot of not-so-great Mr. Shackle stories, right? They've had me in class. I haven't always been the best character, but it's a process. And I've seen, I have seen the process where God focuses on one part of my life because he sees that that's the most important piece right now. And then we'll work on the other stuff. And so looking at the character of God and how that character is, how I'm conforming to that character has been a process. And it's an ongoing one. So I think this passage comes as an answer to prayer. Asking God to reveal to me who he wants me to be. Asking him to mold me to be more like him. How he keeps refining me until his character radiates out of my life. Not only just my life, but let's focus on my family. How his character radiates in my church body. How his character radiates in my relationships with other people. How his character radiates in my workplace. So let's look at the passage again. And on the surface, if we were just reading, on the surface, our Heavenly Father is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Quite literally, okay? Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Omega being the last letter. Okay, beginning and the end. And as believers, I think we've accepted, we have accepted, and we've tried our hardest to understand the divine mystery that comes with all that. We've tried to understand the divine mystery that everything begins with God and ends with God. And for those who call on the name of God, those who overcome the evils of this world will be with him in the new heaven and new earth. Ultimately, Everything in eternity begins and ends with our Father in heaven. Like, seriously. This is such a a profound topic. It could be its own sermon series, right? You could spend long series or a long time on this topic alone of God being the beginning and the end. But that's not the message of today, okay? So I apologize for leading you that way. Um, But that's not today's message, Today's message is not about the beginning of the end, but it's actually about the story in between and looking at the character of God in those passages and how our lives reflect, reflect that character. So let's look again at the same piece of scripture. Instead of reading it surface level, let's dive in and look a little bit deeper here. 
And so I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and, shall, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Let's jump down to 6 and 7 here. And he said to him, It is done. I and the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. In this passage, we also find that God is not just the God of the beginning and the God of the end, but he's also the God of the right here and right now. And even in our present state, whether you want to talk about political unrest, social unrest, whatever unrest is out there in public, or the internal unrest that is within, even in our present state, when we look at those passages, when we look at those verses, God is with his people. It means he's faithfully present. God wipes away every tear. That means he is caring and nurturing. God dismantles death, sorrow, crying, and pain. That means our Father in heaven is a source of protection. God freely gives from the fountain of life and, will over, and, who, and all who overcome shall inherit. It means God is the source of provision, the ultimate source of provision. See, we serve an awesome God who was, who is, always will be, amen? And even in our families and our short failures and our shortcomings, our God remains ever-present and ever-consistent in our lives, which brings another descriptive term. Our Father in heaven is characterized by his extreme, extreme devotion to his, to his creation. Faithfully present, caring and nurturing, our source of protection, our source of provision, and he is extremely devoted Father. I don't know about you guys, um, but when I hear the terms alpha and omega, I can't help, and this is the way my mind works, so I can't help but to direct my attention to the structure and behavior of a wolf pack, right? Um, and some of your minds may have gone there as well. That's okay. So you may not know about this, about me, um, but I'm extremely fascinated about wolves or by wolves. They're, they're one of my favorite animals. They are. I hope that after today, you guys have a little bit of appreciation or a more sense of appreciation for them, especially for the men and the fathers in this room. Remember, this is a Father's Day message inadvertently, but it's good for all of us. Disclaimer, though, I fully, completely understand that this passage in Revelation is not referring to a wolf pack in any way. I understand that the Alpha and the Omega in this passage is not referring to the wolf pack. So please don't go on Facebook or social media and say, that dude is a heretic. He's insane. Listen, all right? It's just the way my brain works. I'm making connections and, you know, all right. So I'm not referring to a wolf pack, and I'm fully aware that the wolf throughout Scripture is used to describe fierce opposition to the gospel message in community believers. A couple examples here. Matthew 7 says, false prophets are wolves in sheep's clothing. I don't want to be a false prophet up here, even though I'm speaking on wolves. Luke 10, being sent as sheep among wolves. Acts 20, wolves will come among believers and not spare 
the flock. See, the depiction of the wolf in Scripture is not a good depiction, but it's a very accurate one. Wolves are very fierce. They're very devoted and committed to their, um, their task at hand, right? And there are countless more references, uh, but for a few minutes here, step back, all right? Let's apply wolf pack behavior and structure in our relationship with our relationship with our Father in heaven. <clears throat> and when we look at the structure of the pack, I believe we think, think of the survival of the thit, fittest, right? I'm getting tongue-tied. The strongest in the pack survive, right? Only the strongest will lead. And so when we talk about wolf structure, and if I had more time, I would go into the different, um, the different groups of, within a wolf structure, but we're going to talk about one in particular, the alpha male, right? You all know the alpha male, right? The, the, the guy who struts around, the biggest and the baddest. Can't mess with me on the playground. I'm the fittest. I bark orders. I don't take crap from any leader. I get things done. I radiate a sense of excellence, right? And I, I said this last time. I would make a Ricky Bobby quote here, but it, it's not a church quote, right? For years, this has been the belief the mentality and the mindset that many people, and specifically men in our society, younger males, Blaine, I picked on you last time, Alex, sorry guys, like you younger males, you know, the alpha wolf, got to be the alpha male. We've adopted this mindset into our culture, and it's still very present today. And in fact, I was, I was with one of my best friends, Ryan Cockrell, this week, and we went on a bike ride, and um, I asked him this exact question. When you think of the alpha male in the wolf pack, what do you think of? And you can guess his response. Was the fittest, the, the leader, the, the strongest, the, you know, that's the, that was the answer. And so we went into this discussion about, you know, about today's message. So what if I flipped your world upside down real quick, and I told you that's actually not very accurate, Okay, what if I told you that's a false depiction of the wolf pack structure and the alpha male in general? Um, Richard McIntyre is a researcher in Yellowstone. He studied gray wolves his entire career, all right? And when he went into Yellowstone, he expected to see certain things, and he got quite the opposite. So if we got a picture up there, I believe, right? If you guys can see that on the left, that's what he thought he would see, alpha male ruling by dominance. I'm going to physically outwork you. I am going to put my presence over you, and that's going to make me the leader, right? However, over the course of his career, he actually saw what's on the right. If you look closely, there's two gray wolves and, a pup, and, and about five or six pups, See, when looking closer, the pack actually consists of very small nuclear families led by a pair of alphas, not one, a pair of alphas. And those alphas are mom and dad, mates for life, husband and wife, if you will. And those pups, his pack are his kids. It's a family. The alpha male doesn't get his position by dominance and ruling the roost and barking orders, but by being the loving head of his family. The alpha wolf is a true family man. In fact, the role of the alpha wolf in the pack is very similar to the role of our heavenly father in our lives, almost identical to the very descriptive words I used 
a couple minutes ago. Let's look at this. As a family man, good old dad, right? The alpha male, extremely devoted to his pack and their well-being. Responsible for the provision and protection of his pack. They do whatever it takes to ensure safety and security, even to the point of death. Wolves have an extreme sense of awareness and understand when it's time to be fierce and when it's time to be family man. In many cases, the alpha male ensures that pups eat first to get their fill before anybody else in the pack eats. They take care of the young first to, in order to, for their survival. Alpha males are gentle and caring. In many cases, McIntyre, the research that I, um, I told you about, he observed that alpha males take the time to play and wrestle with their pups and get a kick out of letting them win, right? He's a family man. Yeah, dads, have you ever wrestled with your boys and just let them win and let them pin you, right? In others, it was the alpha male's responsibility to cuddle, nurture, and tend to the runts of the pack. And just FYI, the runt of the pack has a name as well. It's Omega. The runt is the last pup in the family unit, Alpha and Omega. There's a lot of similarities here, right? And so lastly, McIntyre states that the main characteristic of the alpha male is his quiet confidence, his quiet self-assurance. And I think to understand that, you've got to think of an emotionally secure man or like a great champion. Whatever is needed to be proven is already proven. It's already there. They know their role. They know their responsibility, and they know what's best for the pack. Didn't we just sing a song, Good, Good Father, where he knows exactly what we need? I hope, youngins, youngins here, all right, I hope I haven't ruined it for you guys. I hope the status of alpha male, you know, the lone wolf, I hope I haven't ruined that picture of you or for you, but I, I do hope I've done quite the opposite. I hope that hearing about the real characteristics of the alpha male has encouraged you to really wolf up a little bit. And men leading families, I hope um, that this, this touches home. And so I think we can learn a couple things or a thing or two from real wolves in the wilderness here. A little bit of less snarl, I could definitely learn that. More quiet confidence, leading by example, faithful devotion in the care and defense of the family, ultimate respect for our female partners and sharing of responsibilities. And so I have to ask, which is the title of our, my sermon here, who is your alpha? Who do you turn to and rely for your safety, your security, your provision, your protection? Who loves you more extravagantly than anyone else ever could? There's only one answer, right? It's the Sunday school answer, right? Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Jesus reminds, me in, uh, reminds us in Matthew 6, God's faithful devotion to his people. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, and the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. First John 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is exactly what we are. We're his pups. We're his pack. And let's never forget God our Father, our great God in heaven, so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I have a comparison here of the characteristics that I talked about. So on the left, God's character as the true alpha in our lives. God is extremely devoted to us. He's faithfully present even in our failures and our shortcomings. He's caring and nurturing in our lives. He is the ultimate source of provision. He knows what we need and provides it when we need it. God is the source of protection. And our only response as his pack is to mimic our Father in heaven. And looking at the gray wolf, extremely devoted to our pack, an incessant presence and awareness of our group, gentle and caring, the ultimate provider, the ultimate protector. I, I hope, I haven't lost you, I hope I've made it very clear who the alpha in my life is. I am fully, wholeheartedly in his pack. Make no, no, no guessing game here. I don't always get it right, but I'm fully, wholeheartedly in his pack. And I'm so incredibly thankful for his extreme devotion and his relentless pursuit in my life. As he continues to mold me, because I said it's a process, as he continues to mold me in his image and his character, my only response is to continue to mirror him in my family, in my relationships, in my workplace, and in my church body. I want to conclude with one last observation from McIntyre in the wilderness in Yellowstone as he looks over uh, the gray wolves in his career. And you need to pay close attention to this. So if you've tuned out, tune in, right? I haven't done that in like four months, right? Come here. He states that gray wolves howl. All right, so they're howl. Gray wolves howl to assemble their mate and pups before and after a hunt, to warn them of danger, and to locate each other during a storm. When traversing unfamiliar territory or when separated over great distance. You guys picking up on this? I'm going to read that again. The gray wolf howls to assemble their mate and pups before and after a hunt to warn them of danger, to locate each other during a storm when traversing unfamiliar territory or when separated over a great distance. It's the call not of an angry antisocial, testosterone-filled, survival-of-the-fittest lone wolf. But it's the call of a loving father who is leading, guiding, and gathering his pack. Guys, I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot like a kind, loving, caring father an extremely devoted family man, a great provider and protector calling his children home. Yeah, one question left, I guess, is will you howl back, right? Will you, get, will you hear that call and come home, right? You bow your heads. Heavenly Father, um, thank you. 
Lord, I hope that the intended message uh, of, this, of this sermon was, was, was given. Lord, I hope that you use it as you see fit. Lord, speak to us. Um, allow us to radiate on this message a little bit and just kind of dive in and digest it, Lord. Thank you for being such a loving and awesome Father. Thank you for wanting to have a relationship with us and being willing to continue to mold us and shape us into your character, even in our failures and our flaws. In your name we pray, amen.